Before the analysis on what's playing itself out on the market scene, I'm joined by Stembile Bobella from FNB Wealth and Investments. Stembile, always a pleasure and a good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. All right, the downbeat screens uh, all around in Europe, in South Africa. Let's talk about what market participants are digesting today. Yeah, so I think, you know, the market is definitely tracking international market sentiments. Um, and the big stories there are around the China story, but also the Fed's, you know, um, expected um, sort of uh, policy measures going forward. Um, much of the story around, you know, China, I think the general weakness around the, the economy there, you know, granted we've seen some stimulus measures coming through last week, um, you know, officials made a series of stimulus um, measures to support the economy there. But I think the market is still looking at, you know, the economic numbers, the data that's coming through from there. They're looking at, you know, the property crisis, looking at, um, you know, the dampened consumer incentive to spend. I mean, China has a very high uh, savings rate uh, per capita, but in the absence of any sort of real turnaround in the property uh, markets, which is where, you know, the households hold um a meaningful or that sector holds a meaningful ramp of um of household wealth in china compared to other uh, to other markets so there's very little incentive right now for for consumers to to spend uh, and in that way spur economic growth in that region uh, but i think also you know the 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 market is 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 expecting that the fed may pause at the next meeting but it's i think the the, the consensus right now is that you know there's still uh, um, room rather for the Fed to to raise rates further if the inflation story does not you know come 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 back um, to that two percent target that the Fed is uh, is looking at and so I think we're likely to see some continued pressure um, just around you know those two superpowers kind of pulling in in in, in different directions at the moment. Also interesting, uh, we got news that Saudi Arabia and Russia have extended their voluntary oil uh, supply cuts there to the end of the year. Of course, we didn't expect it uh, to go through to the end of the year. Stembil. I'm wondering if that has also anything to do with China, uh, considering that that uh, economy is battling so much right now. Uh, OPEC uh, ca uh, countries think that it might be best to cut output to maintain a certain price. So definitely the supply cuts have bolstered, you know, in the near term uh, oil prices, and that has an inflationary uh, read through for the rest of the markets. Um, you know, the, the, the major oil producers extending their voluntary cuts, you know, to the end of the year um, is, is definitely supportive of, of oil prices. And therefore, um, I think a key risk to the expectations of oil prices remaining uh, elevated is around you know the demand story in china you know if we do continue to see further weakness in the chinese economy it may limit or or may reduce energy energy demand but in that same breath if we do see you know further uptick in in consumption in that region it's definitely going to be um re-inflationary um to the rest of the market as we've seen you know locally in south africa we've already seen you know um higher petrol prices, which are going to uh, unfortunately have a negative impact on the consumer, on, on households in general. Um, and so, you know, with oil prices having ticked even higher, we can only expect, you know, that to, 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 to that inflationary impact to be exported um, into the local economy as well. 
I mean, it does really paint a bit of a depressing picture for our inflation trajectories here after the print we just got. And we'll also be watching how that plays itself out here. But let's now get into some company news. Raubex, they've gone on to say that they're going to be tendering for more uh, Department of Home Affairs tenders. The Baitbridge project was great for Raubex. In fact, I think out of the construction sector, they're one of the few companies uh, that have uh, reported uh, profits and seem to have found, found a niche. Yes, definitely. I think um, um, they're likely to see support from, from from this recent announcement, definitely. I haven't had a chance to go through um, that particular uh, announcement, but I do expect, you know, a flip from, from here on at for the share price particularly. And then Cargo M3 earnings uh, expected to increase 20%. Now, of course, uh, they are uh, specialized in low-cost housing. What does this tell us? We keep speaking about this high interest rate environment uh, and consumers being strapped. But Cargo M3 is still pushing numbers and they're able uh, to uh, you know, affect, see this affect in their earnings. So I think definitely the residential market is, is quite resilient in this environment. I mean, we've seen um, from the pandemic the rather the in terms of the property sector the the more um the sectors that were under pressure were definitely you know the 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 office uh um sectors but the residential market i think there's definitely going to be given you know the demographic changes that we're seeing uh playing out especially for the local markets there's definitely fundamentals driving you know that that improvement and that ex- i mean the 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 fundamentals are likely to drive further uplift for companies like Calgrove. And then let's talk about Grindot Shipping. Uh, they've seen a sharp decline uh, in earnings there. I think it's a bit of a, a shock. Never expected it. It's a 99% fall. It's quite a steep one. Uh, stay. Talk to us about what you think transpired here. And if it has anything to do with just, uh, you know, global demand waning here with, uh, you know, us moving to some form of an economic downturn. Yeah, so I think... I mean, definitely, Grinrod is quite geared to, you know, the the. It's a, quite a cyclical business, but it's also quite geared uh, towards the commodity cycle and global growth in general. And so, you know, I think its core operations, at least in terms of recent numbers, you know, that they have performed, you know, well given favorable favorable market conditions. And so, even though we do see, you know, some margin pressure being evident in those numbers, you know, uh, and as well, the non-core operations also continue to struggle. But I think, you know, they're focused on cleaning up the portfolio and, you know, them having, you know, promising expansion plans um, ahead with ample liquidity to finance them is, you know, is, is, is quite a positive takeaway for them specifically. And then just touching on uh, Reuters report, the South African miners gunning for a Botswana a copper mine there. Impala Platinum, Xara Resources, Sibanya Stillwater. Of course, copper assets are high in demand right now. And as we see uh, miners, you know, uh, all rallying towards acquiring them. Could it lead to, uh, you know, uh, expensive assets, uh, possibly overvalued assets here? It could likely, but I mean, I think in terms of, you know, the general um, demand for, you know, the, for, for, for copper in, 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 in particular, we're, we're likely to see perhaps in the medium term, um, um, assets, uh, 
as you mentioned, you know, uh, leading to, to more expensive assets in the near term. But longer term, I think the story, the fundamentals are rather um, intact and will, will be supportive of, you know, that story kind of playing out positively. Well, say I'd like to get your stock picking a bit before. Uh, let's take a look at uh, what counters found favor with your industry peers. Uh, well, in keeping with the small cap conversation, a bit of a, um, a left field one here with Greenrod. I think um, it's a company with a very good valuation at this uh, particular stage, kind of trading at five or six times of earnings. You know, they're still getting uh, volume growth uh, from, you know, uh, they're benefiting, I guess, from the kind of Durban, which is very poor problems that we have here in South Africa. So a lot of uh, the commodities and, and things are getting rooted through the Maputo port, which, where they have a concession. And I think, you know, the balance sheet is in a, quite a healthy position. So it's, uh, I think it's a nifty little uh, small cap company with uh, good kind of close prospects and uh, decent valuation. I'm picking uh, SAPI today. So it's a, it's a cyclical stock, which means that you have to buy it when earnings are beaten up. You have to sell it when things are going well for the company. So we saw in the last uh, set of numbers, um, it came out and uh, five US cents for the quarter, which is actually slightly better than what we expected. Um, and the real story is that there's been a big destocking cycle in uh, graphic paper. They made a lot of graphic, made a lot of money from graphic paper the year before. Now the, um, you know, the pricing cycle is very weak and they're struggling in that area. And uh, they've got really good dissolving wood pulp operations. And we've seen the dissolving wood pulp price now starting to bottom. And I think it's the, the bottom of the cycle for, for SAPI. Um, Q4 is probably still going to be tough, but I think better than Q3. And I think as we start seeing incremental improvements quarter on quarter, um, it is quite cheap at this level. And I think benefits from a weaker rand. And I think the dual return will be a double-digit return for the next three years or so. Well, I still think that the South African banks are defensive and showing a little bit of value here. I think that they, you know you could be overweight the banks in the in the next uh, in the next year, and uh, defensive but still got a potential for growth. I think first strand would be my stock pick there. All right, stay keen to get your thoughts on some of those accounts there. All right. So, I, I mean, I, I take the point uh, around SAPI's improvements. Um, you know, I think the group has been impacted by, you know, persistent challenges brought about by, you know, tough global operating environments. Um, speaking to weakness in, you know, the paper and some pulp markets here, uh, particularly, you know, the longer than expected uh, de-stocking de cycle after a build up, you know, of inventories uh, following, you know, supply chain issues that had occurred because of the pandemic. Um, so that hurt the paper business specifically. Uh, but the pulp business, uh, we did see, you know, it holding up quite better. Um, production uh, curtailments in the North America and European uh, regions uh, were, you know, I think perhaps detractive, but, you know, the, the profitability of the South African business uh, was more stable and, and you know, that bolstered, that was bolstered rather by, you know, the, dissolve, the dissolving pulp businesses, which was overall, I think, a positive takeaway from um, from their performance. I think the outlook was a little disappointing for them. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think SAPI has, you know, they, they are moving in the right direction. Um, sorry. Um, from a strategic perspective um, and, and from a targeted portfolio clean up, you know, 
the the improving uh, in terms of their operational performance, and you know they they continue to to bring down the debt uh, level, and so I think quite positive um, at the at the current moment. Uh, let's get your stock pick now, uh, Ste. I do believe that it is a City Large Hotels. Yeah, so I mean the share price has run quite uh, a bit uh, over the year, um, uh, but I do think that you know there is still some some upside to the story. You know, um, by no means I think that you know it will be a quick turnaround for them, but I think they definitely have uh, done quite a bit to 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 improve that business there. They are geared towards an economic recovery and specifically a recovery in travel. And so I think as we've seen from other peers, there's been some strong momentum from the post-COVID recovery there. Uh, and so I think, you know, City Lodge, which is particularly geared towards business travel, um, they're likely, you know, as the I think the work from home trend shifts back to, you know, the um, return to office, they're likely to, you know, benefit from that trend definitely going forward. Um, I don't think from the recent prints, the trading updates, you know, expecting diluted HEPs to grow in excess of 400%, that, that's from a very low base. And so I don't expect that to, to repeat. But, you know, they've continued to make progress in strengthening their balance sheets and, you know, improving, you know, um, together with an improvement in the trading conditions, you know, it bodes well for the company's uh, prospects going forward. Awesome, it's always a pleasure catching up with you. Thank you so much uh, for speaking to us this afternoon. That was your Midday Markets Update with Tembile Bopela from FNB Wealth and Investments.